0: we acknowledge your spirit and power god just to just to be here with us god God, as we talk as we learn and i pray that we would just understand everything that you are presenting to us today god let us go through your word titus 3 god and just have clarity in what we're reading god and and learn something god about what uh, greater leadership is lord we thank you we praise you in jesus name Amen. So, kind of starting off, um, the best way to really put this lesson in a nutshell is that um, here's the secret to great leadership in the Bible, and the secret to great leadership in the Bible isn't a um, become more of a type A, you know, oftentimes we see like a type A personality Mm -hmm. as the only way to achieve leadership you have to become like aggressive and strong and um we kind of paint this picture right of a of a uh, strong american leader you know in our minds because of how we're taught in our culture of what someone looks like it's like someone who's willing to carry the sword or someone who's willing to wield the gun or someone who's willing to to do something that's a little bit more extreme than we would be willing to do, you know? And so that's typically how, outside of the Bible, we've defined leadership. But when you go into the scripture and you see maybe like an Old Testament leader, you would find stuff like that maybe, right? More of a saw, right? Everything is done by the the statue of, of a man's height and his um, look or his composure. And so when we come back to um, what these classes are all about, when we come back to what doing leadership on Saturdays is all about, leadership on Saturdays is primarily about not necessarily telling you, okay, um, to, what, what it's going to take to be a leader of a church or anything like that, it's to teach you how to be a leader in your life, to have a, a, a better perspective overall of, your, of, of how you can lead and gain more understanding of what it takes to lead in your life right but more importantly coming back is like in the scripture what does a leader look like to god right what does a leader look like to god how do you lead your home how do you lead your job how do you lead your work how do you lead in every aspect of your life how do you lead in church right and so all these different avenues and so here's the secret in christianity is that the greater dependence someone has on has in god the greater the leader they can become that's why this is titled greater leadership because we all want to be great leaders we all want to lead we all want to do something notable right and extraordinary right past the ordinary but in order to lead we have to take first away the fear of being perverted right That's kind of what leads us away from leaders, right? Because we see leadership and then we kind of see something here. We see a mixture of intention. right? We see a a man who puts himself at the center of everything, right? And we become scared of following because self-centered, egocentric self-occupied leaders are the most dangerous thing to the world okay and we have told people this is the hardest part is it being a follower is also meaningless it's a meaningless life to be a follower of any kind of leadership right we kind of we've kind of put those as synonyms Oh, if you, if you follow someone, you're not, you're not really doing anything with your life, you know. It's kind of meaningless if you decide to follow. But being a leader in Christianity is about how well you follow Jesus, right? How well you follow Jesus is how well you can lead others. So we have, in society, again, coming back really taught people this, this mixed message of, of following and leading, well don't be a follower and, and don't trust leadership and so then we've abandoned the whole thing right, and nobody respects anybody right, in the culture in the culture, so because what is, what is following entail, it, it entails being vulnerable to someone else and their choices and maybe even their self-centeredness, right and so leaders have often showed us that their leadership is more about their pride than us. It's more about their ego. It's more about when, and so in response to that, we've culturally beca- built this like scarcity mentality that we can't trust anyone, and then our only one true allegiance is to God. Right? It sounds great. It sounds right. But is it what the Bible has planned for His church? Is it what the Bible has planned for leaders, right? So we want to make sure that we don't just follow things because they sound good, even though like, yeah, it sounds great. my, My only true allegiance is to God. Trust no man, right? Kind of mentality is that the Bible actually gives us a very clear picture of what a leader looks like, of someone who is worth following, what it looks like, what that person looks like, you know? And so we want to get to that place we want to be that person and we want to follow those people right and so um, here's the other side so leaders have also become the center of blame for what's wrong in almost every instance this shows us that followers believe the leader would sacrifice himself for them okay but ended up not doing it so here's here's how leadership should work and especially from a biblical perspective i've done a lot of like studying on this stuff and i was like trying to find if some of this like worldly leadership was truly stolen from god you know what i mean because we understand all concepts are sourced Mm -hmm. from from god and so and i found that it, it was one of the greatest um lessons on leadership is is understanding that as a leader you're supposed to be willing to sacrifice yourself right for the benefit of others. People only give you leadership for pretty much one reason. Because they're saying they think that you are a better candidate to make the sacrifice or you seem more willing, right? It's because they have an, a perception that you're more selfless, not more self-centered. Mm-hmm. And so they put faith in you to do what they in themselves feel like, man, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And so in different categories of life, whether it be a job, whether it be work, whether it be family, right? It's like like a a wife and children put their trust in in a husband to say, okay, we're trusting you in this family to lead it and to be the one who's willing to sacrifice himself for us. And in turn, guess what? The followers would in turn sacrifice themselves for their leader. Mm It's an even exchange, right? It's, a, it's kind of a, a, an unsaid deal. But check this out. Because of the fact that we see all these people blaming everything that's wrong with the world on leaders, guess what? It tells us one thing is that the followers don't believe that their leaders would sacrifice everything for them right and it also makes them believe that leaders are selfish so it's easy to put the blame on them yeah it, it, be, it becomes really really uh, 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 a never-ending cycle okay and so we see that our leader our great leader right jesus christ look how it works He sacrificed himself his disciples sacrificed themselves for him but he did it first he did it first and in turn they did it in response okay so here's it's it's a simple form of leadership right and so we want to go into the bible and find out what this really looks like this is just an intro to what we're going to talk about so if you go to your first page um it's going to say the right intention for leadership okay in philippians 2 3 um you're going to see here in philippians 2 3 it says nothing doing nothing in rivalry or vainglory but in humility of mind um, of one another counting more excellent than yourself so it, it, it's it's twofold here. This verse is very focused here on two aspects of not doing anything in rivalry, like in a, in an against mentality, or vainglory, or for yourself. So when we lead, here's the thing: leading looks from the outside very very decorated and beautiful and something that is attractive to the eyes. Mm-hmm. So everybody wants to be the leader. Why? because you you get you might get the badge you might get the the, the 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 celebration you might get the 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 hand claps the praise right and it all sounds good but when you become a leader for that purpose it has an end and a really swift end when you when you become a leader for praise right this is why when people see that nowadays it's become more common where they stop letting those people be the leaders and they start selecting the ones who who are like well i didn't sign up for this kind of leaders you know what i mean right but because they demonstrated selfless acts early on right selfless acts acts that weren't about them early on where it wasn't about the money where it wasn't about uh uh, uh the title or it wasn't about the position or the fame or the glory or the shine it wasn't about any of that it was about getting something done and executing and doing it well and with all your heart because you cared about it you know and so and so these these are the kind of leaders and the end result that obviously god is going to be looking for but again we all of this sounds like great ideas right but let's authenticate everything that we do through the scripture. That's the most important thing. And so um, the Bible here specifically in the Young's Little Translation, it kind of puts it, it says, but in humility of mind, one another counting more excellent than yourself. So looking at each other as more excellent than myself, um, worldly leadership would tell you is that I'm the leader because I'm better, right? I'm the leader because I'm better than all these other people right you 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 might work a job and you're better at your job right but in the economy of God it works quite different God flips the whole thing on its head and says okay if you are a a leader or if you are to be operating in my kingdom you must think of others as better than yourself right It, it that would lead you to sacrifice so here's some beautiful things. So leadership goes beyond titles, but instead is given. Um, and, and in a sense, it's almost to like the weaker and the vulnerable. Uh, the weaker and the vulnerable of one area of life gives to those who perceive as a strong role and regard and respect. So that, so that if difficult things go wrong, they go before. Us. So the, the, the weaker, and not to say that anyone are weak or the vulnerable of one arena of, one arena of life give leadership to those that they perceive as stronger in that role, okay? Or of higher regard and respect. They give them the higher regard and respect so that they can go before us, okay? So leaders are supposed to go before us. We, we say, we're going to give you leadership. We're going to give you authority. and We're going to give you the power because we believe that if you go before us, you can execute the job on our behalf. And we'll support you in doing that. Right? That's what, that's what leadership is supposed to be. And so yes, many want to be leaders. Many, uh, but don't want the responsibility that comes with it. They don't want the sacrifice that is expected from those that are following them. Because when we follow someone, we give leadership to someone because we expect for them to pave the way, right? It's not like a free thing. We don't just give leadership for fun. Oh, hey, wanna be a leader, right? No, because we expect them. This is why it's easy to get to, um, the Bible says man looks on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. But God looks at the heart. So yes, naturally we're gonna look at the outside and then we're gonna prejudge from the outside. This is how they elected King Saul, right? This is how they elect they looked up from the outside he's tall he's this he's that he fits all the standards in the in the in the the status quo of what a good leader looks like was he a good leader oh, no. no it turned out not to be it turned out to be a very very uh, uh what, what we call self-centered right self-centered yeah. not unwilling society. to sacrifice himself or put himself in any position that was compromising or his people. He even said at one point to uh, Samuel, why don't you have your God, you know, why don't you go before your God and, and uh, help me out here. Yeah. And so he just kind of abandoned God. Yep. And, um, yeah, Titus three. We're going to go through Titus 3, um, and this is really going to be the bread and butter of our lesson today. Um, Titus 3, starting at verse 1, we're going to break it down line by line. Um, Titus is a man okay, who sits under the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul's leadership. The Apostle Paul in the Bible, he is a leader of leaders. He's writing from his leadership, from his apostleship, to another leader, okay? which is Titus. Right? Titus is in charge where he's at. Paul's writing a letter to him, okay, giving him advice on how this works. And so we understand this is kind of cool, right? You can learn from a leader, one leader, right? On how he would speak to another leader, right? This is true context, true scriptural context. So we know that we're talking about leadership. Man, this is one of the books to read, okay? And put it this way, it's not for everyone. It, it can benefit everyone, okay, in our lives, and, but it's not for everyone to have this full understanding. This understanding, um, the awareness, okay, of this stuff is for the leader so that they can, by grace, supply this understanding to the convert, to the person who is under their leadership, okay? It's a, it's a supply of information. It's a supply of knowledge and wisdom from God through Paul to Titus on how to lead amen? amen okay so we look at verse one it says remind them to be subject to rulers to authorities to be obedient to be ready for every good deed to malign no one to be peaceable gentle showing every consideration for all men okay this is what he's saying that we must become as leaders okay as leaders we need to be what subject to rulers okay subject to authorities to be obedient to be ready for every good deed okay here's the fear is it as we read this is a challenge because you're like well I mean if I'm just obeying this like straight out obeying this isn't that kind of like, can I get crossed up in legalism, right? Because we talk about this a lot in, in our lessons, is, is, is when commands are presented in the scripture, like, how do we interpret them so that we don't, like, put them on this pedestal and then when we fell them, we get into condemnation, right? Because that's a fear. That's a, it's a genuine and, and righteous and godly fear is to, to avoid divulging in condemnation so paul gives us a full full image of how to understand this okay so he's saying that we must become but us becoming has a strong basis okay there's a basis behind becoming these things there's a basis behind actually acting out being obedient being subject to rulers being gentle being peaceable okay there's a source of strength is what i'm saying there's a strong basis for us being able to obtain that does that make sense Mm -hmm. okay now what is the basis of becoming a good leader from the bible here the scripture draws a picture of what we must be as leaders according to paul so what do these things mean and look like because to a leader because to lead believers we must have this image and sustain it okay so if it's giving this 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 is what we must become right peaceable um consider having consideration for all men would you imagine that having consideration for all men but we're willing to compromise in that mm-hmm. based off preference and saying, okay, well, a person, they don't deserve it because I saw them act this way. And so since I saw them act this way, they don't deserve any kind of consideration from me. right? No, it, it's, as a leader, we must give consideration to all men. It sets a pretty high bar here, right? Just in that alone. We don't have to agree with their ethics. No. Nope. But, but they are still humans. Yes. They are still an image of God. Right? Yep. And since they're the image of God, okay, we must do our very best to try to get to this place, right? But, but again, we understand that having good character is never about doing my best to attain good character, okay? You don't, you don't say, oh, I'm gonna just make a pear, I'm gonna grow a pear right you have no power to grow a pear outside of planting a seed the pear grows on its own so you have to have the right basis to get the pear, right which is the right belief there has to be right beliefs okay so there's a strong basis that we have on how to attain this high quality character that god sets the standard of what a leader looks like right now um here's here's the the last part of what's on there um sorry sorry, um, sorry. yeah so what does this look like how can we sustain it we understand that can only be done by God's supply okay so when, I, when we talk about God's supply um, here's, here's the, the greatest idea the greatest picture of it is that and I always challenge people even on here if you can find a scripture that tells me um, qu- quote it on here say it in the comment um, I would love to see it that um, says to be Christ like find me a scripture that says that in the, in the new covenant find me a scripture that says that you can't. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Totally different concept. So we'll take that one right off the top, right? Totally different context and concept. Now here, um, Jesus says, follow me, okay? In the context, speaking literally to his disciples who literally had to leave their boats and follow him, right? Okay? Different context. Let's not make a, a, a supposition that it's to be Christ-like, to be copycats of Christ. his nature okay the scripture doesn't say that the scripture actually has a higher form or achievement of becoming if you would want to put it in those terms like him or a reflection of him right it's that I no longer live but Christ lives in me so I'm not trying to become like Christ I'm trying to let Christ live himself out through me okay I'm trying to let Jesus be himself in me and through me. Okay? I am doing my very best. And this is why I told you the secret to great leadership in the Bible is surrender. Is it I'm supplied with a nature, an integrity, a character greater than myself. They, Coexists inside of me, so that when I'm in a situation where I'm tempted to lack integrity, I don't call upon myself. I call upon the nature of Christ in me to perform that which is good. Okay. The Bible says, "Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling," but it says before that, "From that which." God works in both to do and to will of his good pleasure. You can only work out what he's worked in. So, this is very key, okay, to getting to this image of what a leader looks like, is that you have to have the right basis. Is that I'm, because of what Jesus did on the cross, I'm close to God. Jesus lives inside of me, and so when I'm in a situation where I'm tempted, I depend on his nature to come through on my behalf. People will say, oh, like, if you you teach it like that, you know, people are going to go out and sin more. No, no, no. It's a surrender so that I stop having confidence in the flesh, in my own self, in my own ability to stop myself from sinning or being tempted, right? Here's like in this case, right? Here's an example, to be peaceable. God, right now, I'm not peaceable. I'm not going to trust myself in this very situation with my friend over here to be peaceable. But what I'm going to do is depend on you to provide me the peace that would make me peaceable. It's a dependence on his nature to perform the good that's needed for a situation. To be a leader, we have to become great at that. now so let's prove the basis real quick verse three for we also once we're foolish ourselves disobedient deceived enslaved to various lusts and pleasures spending our life in malice and envy hateful hating one another okay so he makes it very clear that there was a transition that they there was a process before they became peaceable, gentle, um, subject to authorities, obedient, ready for every good deed, they were foolish. They were ignorant in their behaviors and in their dealings and in their doings. Okay, so we all of us here were all in at one place of foolishness in some time in our life where we were by I guess in a sense by works never be given leadership. We were all at a place where we, on, from the outside, based on our behaviors, in the kingdom of God would, would merit no leadership, right? But we're not supposed to merit leadership. But what it's God's acknowledging here is to man, how things look to man, to each other, right? We wouldn't give leadership to someone who, look, who looks like they're going to commit fraud. We just wouldn't do that. That's just perception, right? Will they commit fraud? We don't know. But we're suspicious of it, right? Let, just being suspicious of it is enough for us to disqualify somebody in our minds and how we think as human. Man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart. Yeah, God knows the heart, right? But man looks at the outside. That's not a principle to say that, oh, man needs to look at the heart. Man can't look at the heart. No man knows another man's heart, another principle of the Bible, right? So all man can do is judge what's on the outside. How do you, I don't know you. How do I know your heart? How am I supposed to know your heart? Right? And if you're not being vulnerable and transparent with me, and you're holding back on that, how am I, even more, how am I supposed to know your heart? Right? It's quite quite impossible. So, and even like people with great personality have fooled us into showing a, a heart and then deceive us. So we're not really trusting of that in the first place, right? So all we can do is perceive what's on the outside. So Paul's saying we've we've been foolish ourselves, we've been disobedient ourselves, we've deceived ourselves as well. We've um, been in lust and in pleasure, in a life of malice, hateful, hating one another, okay? By those works, we would have never been given leadership. See, no one would trust us to go before them because we were living egocentric, self-centered and selfish lives. Okay. because those things are obvious proofs that you're living egocentric self-centered self-serving self-fulfilling right then it says verse four but when the kindness of our god and savior and his love for mankind appears so it's personifying kindness and love okay in the form of jesus jesus is kind love so the the personification of leadership here is kind and loving wait a minute I thought you know type a right we need we need a type a for a leader right no kind and loving okay here's some here's some things it shows itself in the person of jesus notice how it's not saying um your kindness or your love the kindness and love come from god he's the source it's in the person of jesus god's kindness and love is expressed in the person of jesus so it's not it's not his example that helped us overcome okay but it's his expression toward us that impacts us okay what i'm saying is it's not his example that we look at his example and like oh it's a great example let's follow it right we're not, we're not that's not christianity okay it's that he made an expression of love toward us personally an expression of kindness to us personally that affected us and altered our behavior so we became leaders because of his kindness and love toward us we felt it we experienced it and what it did is create a change in us that brought us to this place of watching all these people convert, of turning the world upside down, of leading a movement, a revival like none other in the history of the world. Okay. So, if you break it down further, you see it is for what it is. We aren't given an outward example as much as we are given a source of quality leadership. So, again, here comes the dependence part. Is I'm depending on Jesus, the greatest leader to ever live? who lives in me to perform the good through me, okay? To perform the good. When I struggle as a leader, especially, you know, you started the church, and I struggle with being temperate, being patient, being peaceable, and being kind, maybe, maybe um, different personality defects, right? I have to come back to the drawing board and say, God, I need your kindness. I need your love i don't need a, a better version of my love none of you in this room or here no one in this place needs my love they don't need my love they don't need my uh, personally developed love right they need his love an expression of his love which can be made manifest through me but they don't need my love they don't need my kindness right? They need an expression of His kindness and His love. So as long as men see you, they'll have a hard time following you. Okay? As long as they can see you, they'll have a hard time following you. But as they begin to see Christ in you, right? It becomes easier. Because they see that same willingness that Christ had to offer His life through you and they'll attribute it to you. Why? Why? Because man looks at the outside. When we trust the intentions of the leader, we are willing to follow. We can only lead effectively if we have the right motives. So as man looks at the outside, it's important to, it's important thing to remember that the Bible acknowledges that about man is that man looks at the outside. And when we lead with kindness and love, it shows and is a true reflection of how we believe God deals with us. So if you're a leader, already a leader to people in your life, here's something interesting is how you lead is based off how you feel you're being led. Or how you've been led and I say that somewhere else in here but it's important to understand is that our perception of God is how we'll lead if we think God is angry we'll lead with anger if we think God is loving and kind we'll lead with lovingness and kindness so when we see ourselves leading with aggression and control and right then here's here's the thing we have to go and reanalyze how we think god sees us and deals with us right because no matter how you cut the cake in christianity he is no matter who's the person leading he's supposed to be the same leader through and through it's supposed to be christ on this side or that side right if it's john it's still supposed to be christ leading if it's if it's joseph it's still supposed to be christ leading if it's angel it's still supposed to be christ it's the same person leading even though it's different people. Right? It's the same. So it's supposed to be the same source of leadership. Is what I'm saying. Okay. So. Verse 5. He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness. But according to his mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Here's the, here's the cool part. Okay. About this verse. Is it. When it talks about. Becoming or having good behavior, it doesn't forget the basis of having your salvation right. So notice that that we are saved not by deeds, but by mercy. Okay, another version says mercy. And this version says mercy too, according to his mercy. We do not lead by deeds either but mercy. So notice here, we're not saved by deeds, okay? So we're not like converted by deeds, by our good deeds of righteousness, right? But by mercy, he chose us, he saved us by his mercy. We do not lead by deeds either. And what I mean is, is, so our job isn't to moderate the deeds of people as leaders, okay? but pass on the mercy of God that does what? Regenerates and renews. Because, look, we're, we're saved by his mercy here, right? And then it's by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Regeneration means the restoring that comes through the experience of God's mercy and renewing is a renovation that also comes through the experience of god's mercy so we are renewed we are renovated by god through his mercy and we are restored by god no it's, it's cool that it says restore first okay then renovate okay restore and renovate those are the two like english ways to understand it and those are accomplished through his mercy. And through his mercy doesn't mean like necessarily just by his mercy. Because he's merciful. Right? It's experience of his mercy. It's a withholding of judgment. Knowing that God has been merciful to me. Even though I deserve this, that, and the other. Because we all have something we deserve. Right? We all sinned. We've all failed. We've all come short. So we're all deserving of some kind of judgment toward God. And when we realize that he hasn't judged us because he's executed that judgment in the body of Jesus, we realize that he's been merciful to us. That is what renews, that is what renovates, that is what regenerates the person. So we're not here to, like I said, lead by deeds either, but we are to be an example of passing on of God's mercy from, from him toward us, right? And from us toward others. What does that mean? So when we lead people, we're merciful. But not with our mercy. With His mercy. The same mercy gets granted to us. Right? It's a passing on. So in the kingdom, it's more important to be merciful than to be a type A. But being merciful is wonderful because it's understood that you're leading people to a place you have been. And it shows them that you have gone before them. Is it, I've messed up and God has made something out of my life right i've messed up i've done wrong but i'm here right I'm, I'm i'm the one leading you but i've messed up as well just like you just like you i've done wrong just like you probably worse but i'm here by god's mercy you can be here by god's mercy just the same right If spirituality is the is the, the glue that holds men together then it's the greatest leadership we need to have how to spiritually lead people right if, if spirituality in, 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 in reaching to God is the highest like form of the highest thing that we are trying to attain in this life right is having a connection with God being spiritual being connected to God then it is the highest we need to have the utmost regard that this leadership is the most important leadership and it's important to as people say people might say i'm, I'm over dissecting this and breaking it down a little too much but it's important to understand it in its in its in its base form right it's very simple in reality right you're saved by god's grace and his mercy okay Be aware of that when dealing with other people. Be aware of that before those judgmental words come out of your mouth. Be aware of that before you're harsh. Be aware of that before you're rude. Be aware of that before you decide to come down on somebody and rain thunder. This is in parenting. This is in in life. This is in, in, in a lot of areas in work because you're not just a Christian at church or at, at a Bible study you're a Christian because that's who you are that's you know who you've decided to be you've decided to be Christ to the world he's me and I'm him and if you're him and he's you then I'm you and you're me because we have Christ that's my identity that's your identity that's his identity that's her identity that's every you know what I mean that's the believer's identity and I remember we did the study where like having a, you know, having a heart for the king was, was basically um, losing your identity how you truly have a heart for the king is like Jonathan did right with David David is, is king and Jonathan lays down his full identity Jonathan is the rightful heir to the throne of King Saul But he takes off his armor his bow his weaponry and gives it all to david he gives his full identity to david he lays it down before him and jonathan to us is nobody knows about jonathan really in the bible no one talks about jonathan but jonathan in essence is a is one of the most notable noble honorable humble right but you don't know about him why because the goal wasn't to make Jonathan's name famous, but David's, names, David's name famous, right? And David is a type of Christ. The goal isn't to make our name famous and for us to be great leaders to the world. It's to make his name famous. We are supposed to be Jonathan's to, to Jesus. You know, losing our identity, getting our identity wrapped up in who he is. Especially as leaders. So, six, um, verse 6 says, Whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. <clears throat> and just remember, everything we do as Christians is born from a proper understanding of grace. How can you lead if you are in fear of man, self-centered or self-occupied? Right? Grace leads you out of those things. Grace leads you out of fear. I have a good standing with God. Right, God is on my side. It leads you away from being self-centered because you you believe in God's supply and you're not focused on all the things you have to do. It, it, it leads you away from being self-occupied, worrying about about what you have or the abilities or that you have or don't have to accomplish something. And it says relies on God's supply to make something happen. You know. So grace leads us out of that. So that's why it's cool that... It, as it's talking to Titus here, it's really emphasizing grace. It brings, it brings these, these, I guess, um, lifestyle issues and, and, and making sure you have the right uh, uh, behaviors, right? These good deeds. And it, and it doesn't just say, oh, have good deeds, period. Have good deeds with the gospel as the source. Notice he says, we're not saved by the basis of our deeds. Right? So it doesn't want you to think that those deeds are, oh, okay, like these are, I must do these to be saved. Right? No, it's because you're saved that you have been supplied power by God's nature to do those things. It's making you aware of the power you have from the salvation that you've been given freely. Right? You're holy walk it out you're righteous walk it out every, every, um, every person who's like a believer and living in sin that you see needs, needs that much more mercy and that much more grace but they need a proper revelation of it right because here's the, here's the being stuck in sin as a believer is this trap in our head it's that we think God is demanding it from us not supplying it to us we think god's demanding righteous behavior but god is supplying righteous behavior not demanding it okay there's a there's a there's a we have to win that battle of faith right so verse 8 Um, this is a trustworthy statement and concerning these things i want you to speak confidently so to those who have believed god will be careful to engage in good deeds these things are good and profitable for men oh my goodness here's here's a cool thing is that good deeds are profitable for men everyone likes profit right so i'm gonna i'm gonna i wrote it here so we can follow where it's broken down but it says Works are mentioned as needed after a proper understanding of salvation. Why? Because no matter how you see it, doing good deeds and having God's morality has physical, tangible benefits that God wants us to partake in. Doing the right thing, being honorable, has living benefits. That as you live and as these things are executed in your life and as they happen, there's a benefit. It's profitable to you. It's beneficial to you. And here's the, here's the kicker. I like how he kind of throws this in there. Um, this is for the legalistic people who want to like be legal, legalistic about leadership. And he says, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about what? The law. It doesn't say about anything else. It says about the law. The law of Moses for they are unprofitable and worthless. Whoa. He says, avoid, foolish here can be translated stupid as well. (laughs) But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, and strife and disputes about what the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a fictitious man after a first and second warning. Okay. Knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, being self committed. So he says, a man who wants to argue with you using legalistic ways and views and the law, okay? Don't give him attention for more than one or two conversations, okay? Secondly, know this that this man is perverted, okay? He's also sinning, okay? And he's also self-condemned he's not god condemned he's self-condemned why because he's trying to approach god on the basis of the law this guy is trying to approach god on the basis of the law so it says avoid avoid those disputes so and i just put a side note here avoid disputes that involve the law and reject that person because it perverts god's grace as being able to be earned which will make people fall from grace the bible says those who seek to be justified by the works of the law fall from grace right in galatians and so notice how this man is self-condemned and not god condemned but has approached god on the basis of being good according to the law think of the rich young ruler right he approached god on the basis of the law what must i do jesus says well do the law and he says okay well give everything you have sell it to the poor right stop making money your god make me your god couldn't do it. Walked away. What? Self-condemned. He walks away self-condemned, right? Because in his flesh he couldn't achieve the law. Boom. Damn. Good. It's good. Um, verse twelve. When I send Artemas and um, Tychius to you, make every effort to come to me in Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Diligently help. Send us the lawyer and apollos on their way so that nothing is lacking for them okay here's the cool part is that paul a leader of leaders would have it that if we have chosen anyone to go before us as a leader okay that we would ensure that they do not lack and i'm not just talking about financially but let's widen what lack looks like right so give giving them counsel for their journey and then whatever else we can imagine in our minds right as far as like being there to support our leaders right? mentally, emotionally, their integrity supporting their their. Um... we've decided to put them before us since we've done that our job is to make sure they stay there right? just to hold them up they can do the job that we've put them before us to do you often find in the military is a great example great examples of leadership in the military because you often find the commanders to be more zealous than the lower ranked guys, you know, and they're most often, you know, willing to sacrifice themselves for their team. You have plenty of stories in history of that, plenty, right? It's not the case every time, but you have a lot of people that would rather sacrifice all the, the lower ranks to make, ensure their survival, right? That's worldly leadership. That's worldly leadership. So you have to be careful for that. So then, here it says, verse 14, um, our people must also learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. So, Paul would have it that our knee jerk reaction is to provide for needs. Okay. It demonstrates that this is who we are and not just what we do. Okay. When someone, if someone offers, um, if you ask for help, okay and someone hesitates right and isn't sure that they want to help you it makes you think something it's not a knee-jerk reaction right it's not a like, right but when someone when someone and sometimes we'll even get like a little bit prideful back right and kind of like never mind right if it takes that long to think about whether or not you're going to help me then never mind but then we get this where he says, Here, it says, uh, that we would meet pressing needs. It's like you kind of think that it would be who we are. Because when someone does it without a question, like boom, right? How do you feel? It's an experience. It really is an experience. It's like that's so natural. It's so natural for them to give, to, to, to support, to help, to. encourage right it must be who they are right and then you'll get quotes like this well that's how my mom raised me right because it's who they are right or I got these values here got them there so we want giving and providing for needs to not just be as especially as leaders okay to not just be what we do all we do nice things for people No, it's who we are Right? You, you put the little thing on the knee with the hammer and it just kick, you, kicks your leg forward. So then it says, all who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. And then you, you have Paul's famous um, intro and ending where he's um, saying grace be with you all, right? Grace is God's unmerited favor. He's saying, may it be with you all. Put it in words like, to understand like towards Titus so imagine him talking to Titus may you Titus a leader have God's unearned favor be present with you in all your dealings like imagine having this like, sincere desire okay that God's favor be with each other imagine really feeling that way you know what David I like in my heart of hearts sincerely want God's favor to be with you in everything you do his unearned favor, that means in spite of yourself. In spite of yourself, may God be on your side, right? In all your dealings, may he truly be on your side. He is, right? And if you receive that, he is as you you have believed. But that's what he's spreading And I believe he said that sincerely. It's not just something passive. Oh, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, grace be with you. Bye. You know? So, no, may may God's grace truly be with you in all your dealings. In everything you do, may his grace supply you. May his supply be always with you. So that when you're alone, and you're by yourself, and you're counted out, and you feel down, and you feel broken, and you feel weak, that you understand that no matter what is in your face, you have God's favor and supply on your side. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to close it off on here, and close it off on here, and we'll, we'll go for questions or talk. More. Um, thank you guys. Have a good time. Have a blessed day. Jesus.